Tonight we're going to be talking about missions. On uh, Sunday, we just kicked off our missions month, you know, here at Temple. We, we honestly, we talk about missions every single week as we're talking about sharing the gospel. But uh, one month out of the year, we dedicate solely to missions. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing for the, for the rest of this month, is we're going to be uh, talking about missions on Sundays and Wednesdays. So um, let's just get right into the Word. So starting in verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now if you're like me, you've probably heard this scripture many times. You've probably read this scripture many times. You've probably heard several messages. And if I'm being honest, you're probably going to hear another message before the end of the month about the Great Commission. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask you to, to not only be praying for me tonight, but one of the other things I want you to pray about is I really want you to pray that um, God will open your heart and your mind to the Scripture. I really want you to pray that this is not just something that you've heard many times. This is not just another uh, Great Commission sermon. But I really want you praying that God will just open your hearts and your mind that you see something different and that you'll put that, put that into, into action. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for tonight. God, I just thank you for all that you do. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity. Father, I'm praying right now that for each person that's here, each person that's at Fairview, that God, right now that you are working on their hearts. That Lord, they will allow your word to just change their lives tonight, Lord, that they will see something different, but God, that they will also put into action what they see. Father, I pray that you just be with me. You know, you know my nerves right now, Lord. You know where I've been all day. And God, I just pray that you just be with me right now. Lord, I pray that you just give me the strength to be able to, to get through this night. And God, I pray right now that you just uh, give me all the right words to say. Lord, I just love you and praise you. Amen. So guys, we're going to try, or I'm going to try to, to get through the whole hour. I'm going to be honest with you, I told Mike I didn't know if I could do it, and he's already packing his bags back there, so he's already ready to go. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm going to allow God to, uh, to, to lead me and guide me, and if he says land the plane, we're going to land the plane. Okay? So before we get started, I just want to take a minute and just kind of talk about some of the missions that we've got here at Temple. Just some of the things that I've been a part of, some of the things that I've seen, because there's been a lot of opportunities that uh, that God's shown me, allowed me to be a part of. And to be honest with you, I'm going to be very vulnerable with you tonight, and I'm going to be very honest with you tonight. And not only as a as a Christian, but even as a staff person, I'm going to show you some areas where God had to get me, where God had to get me. So I'm just going to be truthful with you and tell you where where sometimes I didn't quite see missions the the way that they they should have been seen. Okay, so. Uh, a couple of things that I've done. So I've actually had the opportunity to go on two overseas mission trips. And I wish I had a lot of pictures for you. I don't here in a minute. I've got just a few. I'm, I'm horrible when it comes to pictures. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, my wife takes a lot and she says, you never take any of me. And I don't. I, I don't ever take pictures on vacation. I, I just, 
I'm horrible when it comes to pictures. And if Dustin was here tonight, he'd have plenty that we could show. And if Daniel was here tonight, he would have plenty that we can show. But I went through my phone and I looked at stuff. And, you know, every time you need to do a, a, an update on your cell phone, it says you got to have so much room to do the update. And the first thing I go to is, well, let's delete all these nonsense pictures. So I don't really have a lot of pictures to show you, but but uh, I can tell you about it. So um, one of the trips that I had the opportunity to go on was was Tanzania. Man, that was just a, an awesome trip. And for those, if anybody's in here that, that got to go, you know how it was. But what we were doing was a medical missions trip. So in other words, what we do is we use uh, medical as a as an, an inroad to be able to give the gospel to people. Because that's what we're about, is giving the gospel to people. Uh, I don't know if you remember Jeff Robertson, but uh, he used to be our missions pastor here, and he told me a long time ago, this is what he told me, and it's really stuck with me. He said, you know, we can go overseas and, and we can dig wells, and those people can have clean water to drink, but they're still going to die and go to hell. Or we can go over and give them the gospel and they can drink dirty water and die from the dirty water, but they're going to go to heaven. And man, that impacted my life. That was huge right there. That was huge. So when we go overseas, yes, we're using medical, but that's just the, that's just our way to draw people in. The goal is the gospel. So we go over to Tanzania. We scouted the, the little place out. So basically it was a church. It was a small little village. The pastor was there. We set up exactly how we were going to... Uh, had the medical stations. The next morning we got there, and guys, I'm going to tell you, it was very overwhelming. Thousands, and I mean thousands of people showed up. We were not even prepared or had the equipment for thousands of people. It was it was very, very overwhelming. And for three days we gave the gospel, and for those three days I'm talking about we worked. I mean, it was nonstop. So basically the way it was set up is you had a certain amount of people that would gather and the pastor from that church would present a gospel message. Those people would go to another station and of course it just kept rotating and filling. So those people would go to another station where we would do like vitals and, and just very simple things. Listen, I, I don't like needles. I don't like blood. I don't know anything about nursing. But I, I learned how to use the automatic blood pressure machine and things like that. So, so we just done the vitals there. But while we were doing the vitals, the biggest thing that we were doing is we were recapping the gospel and asking them if they fully understood what was going on. And we had translators and things that were there. So the, for those three days, listen, I don't even remember how many people got saved, but hundreds of people that got saved. And there was two people that truly stood out to me that got saved. Um, one was one of the translators. So just because we have a translator that, that's over there uh, uh, doing the work for us, that didn't even mean that they, that they were saved. So we had a translator that got, was sa- got saved. And that was, man, that was so powerful to see that as they were just constantly repeating the gospel over and over and over, that finally they were able to just, just give in and accept Christ. And then there was another person that, that it was so huge, and I can't even remember uh, the tribe, and Micah might, might be able to remember. But there was a, there's a tribe over there where these, these people, they wear rubber shoes. They, they're made from tires. And they carry these, these big machetes with them everywhere they go, and they jump like extremely high. Do you, do you know? Okay, he doesn't know. But either way, 
This guy was like 90 years old. He was like 90 years old and he sits down and he's got this huge machete hanging out of his, out of his, uh, belt dress or whatever, you know, whatever he's got on. And, uh, that was kind of intimidating. I mean, in all honesty, this guy could have got up and, and, and got us. The, the, the missionary that sent us over there, he had actually told us that one of the main things that these people do is if you, if you kill some of the protected animals, like that was their belief as they were the protectors of these animals, that they would hunt you down and kill you. So, I mean, these are real life people that are, that are killing people. This guy's got this huge machete coming out. And I got to, to just recap the gospel with this guy. He just starts crying. Man, this guy just accepted Christ. That was huge. That was huge. Another trip that, that I got to go on is me and, me and Dustin, we got to go over to Miramar. And I've got a few pictures of, of this. Uh, Chris, if you want to start getting them up. And we went to Miramar. So we were there for like 10 days. And I'm telling you, they were, they were long, brutal days. And I'm, I, listen, I, I suffer when I travel overseas. So I've been twice and both times I got sick. And I mean sick. They say don't eat it. I eat it. I don't sleep at home. I sure don't sleep when, when the time change is, is messed up like that. So I mean, I get sick. And these were, these were long days where we just, all day, all night, all we were doing was preaching and teaching. The only downtime is when we were traveling from one village to another. I mean, this was, this was long. But, um, this, this spot right here, this was just a small group. We, we, we met multiple groups, but this was just a small group of, of pastors that were coming to, to receive some training. So that's Brother Ben Bounds with FIP. And, and basically it's, it's about the same thing as TTI where we're training people in, that in their village how to go out and spread the gospel. We're teaching them to be the pastors and they're going out and, and leading other people to Christ. So they had to come and, and they were receiving their, their weekly training. They get this every single year just to make sure that they're up to date and they're doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. And listen, these guys, they're driving these little bitty, they call them motorbikes, but they're like, I don't know, they're like 50 scooters. They're tiny little bitty scooters. And they're driving them on what we would call logging roads. I mean, they're rough. They are rough roads. And they're driving for hours to get to this place just so that they can come to this training. And and as we were there, one of the guys that, that we spoke with, one of his assistants, so you'd say like his associate pastor, had just recently been killed. And he had been killed and his house burnt down and... They didn't know where his family was at, and he had been killed just because he was out spreading the gospel. But these guys, they'd done everything that they could so that they could come back and get more training. And, and it, it's not like that they're receiving money for this. They're doing it because they love God and they want to spread the gospel. Mike, let's see the next one. So right here, I want to show you, this is an orphanage. This is an orphanage and, um, the, the, the really neat thing about this orphanage, orphanage is honestly, it's not necessarily that there's people that are caring for these kids, but it's just where the kids come from. So most of you know that in Miramar right now, it, it's, they're having a civil war, so there's a conflict going on. Well, that conflict has really been going on for years. It's been going on for years. And for us to be able to get to this village where, where this orphanage was at, we could only travel by day. And once we got there, they actually shut the roads down. So it was impossible for us to travel back. So we had to stay at, stay the night in this little village. 
And the reason being is, is we, we hear about the Civil War now, but we, we didn't hear about it then, and it was still going on. At night, that's when the fighting would happen. So they'd actually be fighting on the, on the road that it took us to get there. And we were supposed to go see another village while we were there, but they told us it was too dangerous because the fighting was getting too bad. And we went, we went outside of this village where the orphanage is at, and you could see the mountain that was, that was in, in front of us. And, you know, the mountain wasn't necessarily like, you know, a mile away. It was several miles away, but still you could see it. It was visible. And what the guy told us is he said, the reason why you can't go is because just right over the mountain, that's where the main part of the fighting's at. They're killing Christians. They're burning Christian homes. Any person that they think is affiliated with Christians, they're killing them. And he says, that's where these kids come from. They're traveling the mountain and finding us because their parents have been killed. They're getting killed over there. So that's, that was what was so unique about this, this orphanage right here. But the other thing that was so important about it is, listen, the main concern of this orphanage obviously was the safety of the children, but it was to make sure that they received the gospel. That they received the gospel. Let's see the next picture, Chris. Now this right here, this is, this is on the river. This is on the river. And myself and Dustin, we were a huge part, obviously God. Now listen, God was the number one ultimate part, so I want you to understand that. That's like an automatic, okay? But we were a huge part of, of actually starting a church on this riverbank. Now, when I say riverbank, for the most part, you're like, man, I would love to have church on Smith Lake. Like, bring it to my house. We're going to have church there every single day. And as soon as we hear amen, we're going in the boat. But I promise you, on this riverbank, you don't, you didn't want, you didn't want church. This is not where you want to live at. Because this is what the riverbank looked like. And you can see up in the top left-hand corner, that's clothes hanging on, on, the, on the lines there. But look how filthy and nasty and disgusting that this is. Mike, let's go to the next picture. Or Chris, I'm sorry. That's their house. That's what the houses look like on the riverbank. That's where these people live. They're basically kind of like mobile houses because when the river floods, they got to pick up what little bit they can, get to a little bit higher ground, and as soon as the water goes back down, then they get to kind of makeshift and, and rebuild. But not only did they live in the filth, but you see what kind of shacks that they lived in. Chris, let's see the next one. But I want you to see that. That's the church that was planted. You saw, you saw what they live in. You saw where they lived. But that's what happens when you tell them about Jesus right there. I mean, can you see how happy these people are? Now, I wish I had more pictures, but I don't because I promise you they were excited and they were happy and I could continue telling you more and more stuff. So that's the overseas and, and you know, the stuff that we've got here at Temple. Listen, I've been a part of many, many outreach events that we've had here. And we've had, we've had a bunch. I mean, we've, we've been to Lowe's multiple times, barbecuing and cooking. It's got nothing to do with giving away free hamburgers, guys. That's just the draw that we get people in. Those hamburgers are nothing. And they mean nothing to us. But we've been to Lowe's and we've been able to share the gospel. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we had a big outreach event where we just like went all over the county. And myself and a team of people, we were at uh, the old Jones Chapel, Piggly Wiggly. It was already shut down. And we barbecued there and we got to spread the gospel. Uh, we've had several events where, you know, the countywide yard sale, uh, where Miss Cindy Reese, she'll, she'll get us a booth. And we just set up right there and, 
and and share the gospel. And we have uh, uh, people walk around the the entire yard sale, and, and we're just asking people if they know Jesus, and, and we're sharing the gospel there. Which I mean, just tons and tons of events that we've been a part of. But I want to tell you, through all those events, through all that stuff that that I've been able to be a part of, before we start talking about about the Great Commission, fulfilling the Great Commission, I want to tell you about a question that, that honestly, it wasn't really asked to me. It was through a study, but it was obviously it was to me. It was a question that I had to answer. And when I saw this question, it instantly brought conviction into my life. Instantly brought conviction. And that question was, are you kingdom focused? Are you kingdom focused? This, this question, it, it allowed me to see this passage that we're going to go over tonight in a totally, completely different way. So let's look at what kingdom-focused is. So kingdom-focused is it's all about the king and his kingdom. It's all about the king and his kingdom. So the, this truth gives purpose to our lives and relationships. It shapes our values and behaviors and directs our desires and focus. So honestly, why did this question bring so much conviction to my life? I was given to missions. I just told you that I went on two overseas mission trips. I just got through telling you that, that I've served in many, many outreach events that we've had here, here just locally. I got to help start a church on that dirty, nasty riverbank. Man, God has allowed me to share the gospel here in America. God has allowed me to share the gospel overseas. I didn't even tell you about all the good stuff that I've, that I've been able to be a part of with the DMD stuff. Man, God has allowed me to see multiple lives except Christ. I mean, I'm telling you, I've seen tons of stuff. But why? Why did this question, why did this question give me, bring me so much conviction? You know, a couple of years ago when we started DMD, a uh, pastor came into a staff meeting and he, he shared with us uh, the vision that Dr. David Nelms had gave him with DMD. pastor shared with us his heart that uh, he really felt like this was the direction that we need to go with, with the church. And when he done this, he very clearly told us, you don't have to do this. I'm not going to force you to do this. You don't have to be a part of this. I'm telling you my vision, and if this is something that God's putting on your heart, I want you to be a part of it. Now at the time, you know, it sounded good, and I was interested. At least I thought I was interested. But, uh, you know, DMD is, is, very, is very demanding. Uh, if that's something that you decide that you want to be a part of, listen, there is a lot of accountability that, that goes with it. And uh, I was in the process of building a house, and... That's exactly what I told uh, Preacher and Dustin is, I just can't do it right now. I'm in the middle of building a house and I don't feel like I can devote the time to it. I said, just give me a couple more months. Well, a couple more months went by and here they go and they're asking me again, when are you going to come to DMD? When are you going to join us? And I just kept going with the same excuses. I just need a couple more months. And listen, they knew it was an excuse. They knew that that's exactly what it was, is, is it was just an excuse. So, you know, preacher just said, why don't you just come over? Just come over. You know, we do it over at the DMD house across the road. That's where we have our training at. He said, why don't you just come over and just be a part of it? 
So I did. I went over. Well, he, were, he was already in the process of training several of the pastors in the area where he was presenting uh, this DMD process, this disciples making disciples. So he was already involved in, in teaching them. So when I showed up, they were already in the, in the study. We didn't start on page one, but this is just exactly where we started. And I bet I wasn't in there five minutes, and all of a sudden we get into the book and it asks this question. It says, are you kingdom focused? And instantly, instantly it hit me. No. No, I'm not kingdom focused. I was temple focused, and I was Jason focused. So let me tell you how I was temple focused. I was all about inviting people to Temple Baptist Church. I was all about building the kingdom here at Temple and filling every seat that we've got here. I was all about it. I was more worried about inviting somebody to church than telling them about Jesus. I can promise you, I've gave more invites than people that have showed up. But I was more worried about getting them here in the door and getting them here in the seat that I was telling them about Jesus. I could meet somebody, whether they were right here in Coleman or whether they were an hour away, and the biggest thing that I was worried about was getting them here to temple, and the moment that they turned me down, guess what I did? I shut them off and I turned them down. And they never got to hear about Jesus because they sure didn't show up here. So then I was Jason-focused. In other words... Even though I thought I was pretty good at, at inviting, I only done those invites when it was convenient for me. When it was comfortable for me. When I was comfortable with that person. And sometimes we meet some, some pretty scary people, right? We've also Steve Gardner. He's not in here tonight, but Steve's my buddy and he knows I use him all the time. But I'm going to be honest. Until I met Steve, I don't know if I would ever even talk to old Steve. You know, he's he's got the long hair, he's got the beard that's about down to here, you know, tattoos, and he's got the biker rings. I mean, he listen, he can be a scary dude, but he's, he's, he's a big old teddy bear. He's not here, so I'd say that to you. But listen, I, I was, I was, I was Jason-focused. And if it didn't meet my needs, in all reality, I, I wasn't doing anything. So when I heard that, are you kingdom focused? Man, that, that just made me realize I need to change. I gotta make a change and I gotta make it now. So let's, let's, let's talk about the Great Commission. Let's talk about the Great Commission. Let's get into the Word. So let's look at number one. And number one is we are sent. We are sent. So let's look at what it says in verse 18. Verse 18 says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And then verse 19, the very first word says, go. It says, go. You know, Jesus, He not only tells us to go, but look what it says in verse 18. It says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Boy, He's not only telling us to go, but He's telling us to go with some authority, right? He's got some power behind it. He's got some truth behind it. He's telling us to go with some authority. In other words, what we've got to realize is, listen, the Great Commission, it's not a suggestion. It's not a suggestion, guys. It's a command. We don't get to make the decision 
whether or not that we should go. Jesus has all authority and He says, go. We can see in John uh, 20, 21, it says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. So just as Jesus sent uh, was sent into the world by God the Father, He sends us to reach the world too. And guys, we've got to realize we've got a job to do. We've got a job. We've got a responsibility to go out and share the gospel. We can't stand around. We can't wait for the perfect moment. We can't wait till we feel comfortable. We've got to go. Guys, I'm going to tell you, not one time I have, I have been overseas. I have traveled multiple states with, with disciple-making disciples. And I can tell you right now, not one time have I had anybody that's walked up to me and said, you know what, you look like a Christian and you look like you know something about Jesus. Why don't you tell me about it? Now, one time has that ever happened. We've got to be willing to go. You can't, you can't assume that Jesus is not talking to you because He's talking to every one of us, right? If you're a follower of Christ, listen, He is talking to you and we can't put this off till tomorrow. We can't keep waiting. We don't even know if there's going to be a tomorrow. We can look at James 4.14 and it says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. Man, life is short. Life is short. Don't be deceived by thinking you got a lot of time remaining. You don't have time, you don't have a lot of time to remaining to live for Christ. Do it now. Live for God today. Live for God today, guys. We are sent. God commands us. And I want you to, I want you to look at it this way. Some people get, they get real sideways when somebody's telling them what to do. They hear that command and, and you're already just like puckered up and getting a little, getting a little sideways like, huh, who's this telling me what to do? Well, first of all, it's God telling you what to do and that's the, the most high authority. But let's look at it this way. Maybe you shouldn't look at it as in he's telling me what to do, but let's look at it like this. Guys, I promise you, God does not need you to do anything for him. God does not need me whatsoever to do anything for Him. God is inviting us to be a part of His kingdom. God is inviting us to be a part of the thing that He loves the most, and that's going out and talking about Him and sharing His love and sharing His good news. So maybe instead of us uh, thinking that it's all about He's just bossing us around, and maybe we need to look at it as He is inviting us to be a part of His kingdom. That is exciting right there. Listen, if that don't excite you, I don't, it's, it's over for you tonight. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's exciting. I mean, listen, I'm surprised Norm didn't do a backflip. I saw him skipping down the hall earlier. That should have got him going right there. That's exciting. So who does he, so who does he say to go to? So who does he say to go to? Let's look at number two. He tells us to go to everyone everywhere. Everyone, everywhere. We can see in Mark sixteen fifteen, he says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We are, we are share, uh, sent to share Christ with every man, woman, and child in the world. We all have different levels of influence in our lives made up of people we know, people we live nearby, our family, friends, and people we work with. 
Now I read that and, and it says all nations or it says all the world. But nowhere do I see where Jesus has given me an option. There's no option there. There's no picking or choosing. In other words, Jesus is not saying that I can choose Coleman or I can choose Alabama or I can choose the United States or even I can just choose overseas. He's not giving me the option. He's saying it's it's all the above. Listen, He's not giving Temple the authority to say, listen, if you guys will just reach Coleman, we'll be okay. And if you guys will just reach Alabama, we'll be okay. And if you guys will just reach United States, we'll be okay. And if all of you in the balcony will just reach the rest of the world, we'll be good. He's not even giving Temple the option. Listen, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And, and listen, I know for some people, that travel is, is really, it's not an option. I get that. I get that. You know, I know that, that, uh, an international trip, it's just, it's not going to be in the cards for every single person. And it may not even be, uh, financially be able to do it, but it just could be physically that you're not able to do it. I mean, really, in all honesty, for some of you, it may not even be an option for you to leave Alabama, right? I mean, there just could be those situations that come up. And, you know, that's okay. Really, that's okay, because God still provides a way. God still provides a way. So how can we do this? If you're, if you're not able to travel overseas, how can we do this? Well, that's through missional giving. Right, that's through missional giving. And here at Temple, we support several missionaries. We support several missionary organizations. And how are those things able to happen? Well, it's, it's because of your giving. That, that's how it's able to happen. And, and honestly, we've got to have that. We need that. And you know, you can also help support missions, not only financially, but you can do it prayerfully. I bet you right now there's somebody in this room right now that didn't know that in this back corner in the foyer, we've got a TV, I don't know, the thing's about 70 inches, it's huge. We've got a TV that shows where every missionary that we've got is around this country. And, and around the TV, it's got pictures of all the missionaries and all the groups that we support, and it's got cards in there. And it, those cards are there for you, to, for you to pull out, and that gives you an opportunity to take those home, put them on your fridge, put them wherever, and you can be praying for those missionaries. It was a couple of months ago, I think Pastor might have mentioned something about it, and Micah printed off. A, a bunch of a bunch of forms for everybody to stop by and pick up. You could have grabbed those forms, and and we could have been praying for those missionaries. We probably threw more of them away than we gave out. Guys, you may not you may not can give financially, and that's okay. I'm not going to really talk a lot about finances. Um, really, that's Pastor Malcolm's. Uh, well, I don't even want to say job because I think we all should talk about it, but. In all honesty, I've never asked him if it was okay if I could speak about finances up here, so I'm not going to do that. So I'm not really going to go real deep into the finance part, but let's just say you can't you can't give financially. We need prayer warriors. God is still going to use you if you can't go. God is still going to use you if you can't uh, uh, spend any money. We need prayer warriors. But you know, we spend a lot of time Sunday talking about the boxes the, the boxes that we have over here. And we challenged you at the beginning of the year is not, we didn't want you to fill the box. We weren't asking you to fill the box. We were asking you to pray for God to fill the box. 
We spent a lot of time with that. And guys, I got to tell you, if you truly prayed for God to fill that box, God will fill a box for you. Because if you're praying about it, God will financially assist you to be able to provide for missions. But listen, when's the last time that you've even prayed for missions? Once a month, Micah has a, a uh, missions prayer night. He puts a lot of time into it, by the way, guys, where he's contacting all these missionaries and he's finding out their specific needs that they need prayer for. And he sets us up and he's been inviting a missionary to come and speak. I think they speak about 15 minutes and kind of tell where they're, where they're at in their specific field. And then he has all these forms out where he wants you to pray for these missionaries. And it's just a, it's a night of prayer. That's what it is. It's a night of prayer. Yeah, about three of you show up for it. About three of you show up for it. So there are, there are a lot of ways that, that you can reach everywhere. And it doesn't necessarily have to hit your pocketbook, guys. We could use your prayer. So I want to go ahead and tell you, I'm just going to announce right now on the 27th, he's going to have another one. On the 27th, Micah's going to set up another night where it gives you an opportunity to come pray. And I just want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Come be a prayer warrior. Come be a prayer warrior. But you know, in all reality, for some of you, it's not even really the finances. It's not the finances or it's not even the prayer. It's your attitude towards everywhere. Why can I say that? I told you I was going to be vulnerable with you tonight. As a young Christian, I had the same exact attitude. I said, why in the world are we giving for overseas when we've got a need right here in Coleman? Why in the world are we supporting overseas when we need it right here? I'm going to tell you something real quick. God got my attention. I mean real quick. You know, I don't, I don't enjoy feeling the slap from God, but I sure am glad that I'm close enough in a relationship that I can. Right? I don't enjoy it. But here's what God said. You're not doing it here, so what does it matter? So for some of you, you've got the attitude right now where you think, why are we sending money over there? But when is the last time you've even shared your faith right here in Coleman? So let me just tell you, you got a grudge for giving, but why are we not sharing right here? And you may even think, we don't need it in Coleman. There's a church on every corner. We've got the largest church in Coleman. We don't need it. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you, this is recent. This was last month and this was last week. I want to tell you two stories. So last month, we had a, uh, a community event at Vimont High School, Freedom Fest. And uh, we invited several people to come, not only serve, but to walk around and share their faith. One of the guys that's in DMD, I'm talking about a rock star in DMD, by the way. His name's Laith. Laith is at Vimont. He's sharing his faith, and he, he's, we've led people to Christ there. By the way, every time we do an outreach event, we've, we're always, we always get the opportunity to lead somebody to Christ. So that's right here in Coleman. But he's at Vimont, and as he's trying to witness to a lady, the lady flat out lets him know, I'm a Wiccan. I'm not interested. That's in Vimont, right down the road, a few miles. There was a lady last week that was in Good Hope. Good Hope, trying to knock on the door, meet neighbors, share faith. The lady tells her, I'm a witch. So I can promise you guys, we need to be sharing the gospel right here. 
And listen, God's not given an option. He's not, he's, he's given us a command. And that command is we've got to get the gospel everywhere. Everywhere. So I'm going to tell you this. If you give tons of money, if you give tons of money, but you're not sharing the gospel right here, that's wrong. That is wrong. And listen, if you share here, but you won't provide anything for overseas, that's wrong. There's not an option. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Now, I want to talk about everyone. And I'm just going to assume that we've got some mature people in here. So I'm not going to go too far depth with everyone, but I want to talk about everyone. This means that we're to share the gospel with every person, no matter their race, their nationality, or listen, or their situation in life. Now, I'm just going to assume that we are very, very mature in here. I'm not going to go in depth with race. I'm not going to go in depth with nationality. Listen, you know the gospel is for everybody. But I want to get real specific and I want to talk about situation in life. And I want to tell you why I want to talk about situation in life. Because again, I'm going to tell you, God had to work on me. So I want you to let you know that listen, I'm not perfect. Years ago, we used to have the jail ministry here. And I was very critical of the jail ministry. Now, I didn't go around telling Brother Larry and Brother Doug and, and, and everybody else how I felt about it. But listen, God knew how, how I felt about it. I was very critical about the jail ministry. You know what God told me? Jason, the only difference between them and you is they got caught. They got caught. You found me before the police found you. That was it. Boy, I'm telling you, that hurt. That hurt. I honestly didn't think that they deserved to be here. That was bad. Guys, the gospel is for everybody, no matter what situation in life they're in. Now, I'm going to tell you about another one. I'm going to tell you about another one. Now, listen, I don't ever want you to put yourself in any dangerous situations at all. Never. Women, don't be picking up hitchhikers. Guys, don't be driving to Cardboard City in Birmingham and by yourself when you don't know what you're doing. Listen, I'm not, I'm not, don't want you to put yourself in any dangerous situation. But time and time and time again, we get the phone call. Hey, tell Travis I see somebody sitting over on the straight corner. He needs to go down there and talk to him. Hey, uh, call unsheltered. I see somebody over there that's got a little problem going on and we need to talk to them. You feel like you've done your good deed for the day because you've called somebody else to go do something that you should be doing. Now listen, I'm not asking you to take care of the homeless because I even have to call Travis on that. Listen, Travis is trained. That's where his heart's at. That's what God's got him doing. I need Travis's help. I don't know where to send him. I don't have a clue. But when I send them to Travis, at least I'm able to do this. Travis, this is so-and-so. I've been able to share the gospel with them. Now I need you to help them get a little bit further. So I'm not telling you that you got to find them a place because honestly, I don't even know where to tell you to do to, to get them a place at. That's where we're going to contact Unsheltered International. But what you can do is you can stop, you can talk to them, you can love on them a little bit, you can share the gospel with them, and then let's get them to Travis. All right. So listen, we, we've uh, well, let's let's just move on. God knows we need to. He God says send them everywhere, everyone. So what does he send us with, guys? He sends us with a strategy. He sends us with a strategy. We see Matthew twenty eight eighteen. It says that Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, 
All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. So Jesus gives us a strategy for how we can accomplish the Great Commission. Listen, He commanded us to make disciples of all nations. And making disciples is the main focus of the Great Commission. There are three things that tell us how, how, we can make, how we're to make disciples. The first is going. And this speaks of sharing the gospel with people near and far, loving, serving, and telling others how they can know Jesus is what we do as we go. So we got to go. And when we go, we got to love on people. We got to serve people. Man, we got to tell others that they can know Jesus. Right? So then we got baptizing. So baptism is how Christ followers publicly declare their faith in Christ. They are now in a relationship with others who can help them grow as a follower of Jesus. And it is important that new believers follow Christ in baptism. Did you know that baptism is our very first opportunity to be, be obedient to, to God? It's salvation than baptism. And we've got to help people understand that. Let's don't just tell them the good news and then just leave them hanging. Let's give them a little information about what they just done. Right? There may be some of you in here that's been saved a, a, an extremely long time, but maybe you've never been baptized. Guys, that's not right. That's not right. That's disobedient. The very first opportunity we have to obey God is through baptism. It's salvation than baptism. Again, it's not an option. That's what He's telling us to do. So then we see teaching to obey. Teaching to obey. We are commanded to teach and model obedience to to all of Jesus' commands. So we are commanded to teach and model obedience to all of Jesus' commands. So guys, we got to give them some direction. We got to give them some direction. But you know, most of the time, you know, we may be the only Jesus that these people see. So you better check up, and make sure that uh, that you're modeling some obedience there. We may have to make sure that we're doing the right things. But we've got a responsibility. Let's teach them to obey. So let's look at four. Let's look at four, and that is telling a message. Telling a message. I started the whole thing off letting you know that it's not about the medical. It's not about the hamburgers. It's not about us going over and building wells and 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 cleaning up uh, their villages. Man, we could make their lives as, as perfect as can be and not give them the gospel and they're still going to go die and go to hell. It's all about the message. We see in Luke 24, verse 44 through 49. And it says, and he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in the name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of, of my Father upon you, 
But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you uh, endued with power, till you be endued with power from from on high. Listen, Jesus tells us to share the gospel message with others. The gospel simply means the good news. The gospel message is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Listen, if you don't know how to share the gospel, you need to be at the next faith sharing workshop. Every Christian should know how to share the good news. I'm going to say that again. Every single Christian should know how to share the good news. At the very least, and I mean the minimum, you should be able to tell somebody that it's because uh, Jesus died for your sins, He defeated the grave, and He rose again. At the very least. I mean, guys, th- I mean, this is serious. Sharing your faith is something that, that we talk about every week here. Every single week we talk about sharing your faith. You were provided so many opportunities here at this church to, to, to learn how to share your faith. We've got a computer in this back foyer that's dedicated to nothing but printing my stories out. If you don't know how to print a my story out, listen, Harold Prater that's sitting on the front row can show you because I don't know if anybody prints out as many as this guy does. Everybody should should have a my story track. It's as simple as just telling what Jesus done for you. Everybody needs to have one. If you go by 411, we provide Romans roadmap cards. So basically, it's just a little card you can put in your pocket, you can put in your Bible, you can put in your cell phone. And if you have the opportunity that you need to be able to lead somebody to Christ, it tells you step by step by step how to do that. Guys, we are providing every single tool that you need to be able to share the gospel. Every tool. So how do we share? How do we share? Well, here's a simple way that we share. This is what we teach in DMD. We, we're talk, we teach uh, care, prayer, and share. Care, prayer, and share. And I'm just going to read the definition of what they say prayer, uh, care, prayer, and share is. It says care. It says people won't care what you have to say until they first see how much you care for them. For this reason, it is important to show genuine interest in them and what is going on in their life. Right, so that's care. Just spend a little bit of time talking to somebody. Get to know them. Ask some questions. We've got to do something that's pretty difficult for most of us, and that's just shut up and listen. It's a little difficult. You ask somebody how they're doing, and before they can tell you, you've already interrupted them five times. How do I know that happens? Because I'm that guy most of the time. Right? So we just got to show people that we care about them. And then we've got prayer. So once you hear the needs and concerns of a person, ask them if you can pray for them. Right? You might be surprised that most people will gladly let you pray for them right there on the spot. Most of the time, that's the best way to do it. Pray for them right there on the spot. Me and Josh, I think it was a month, month and a half ago, we went to Tampa to go and teach some pastors how to do DMD. And I was sharing with a guy in the airport. Uh, I don't know, I think we were still in Birmingham at the time. And uh, I was sharing with a guy, and he was a Christian. And by the way, when most people tell you they're a Christian, dig a little deeper with it. Just ask them to share their faith. Ask them how it happened. Just ask them something, I don't know. Because, listen, we are trained, and it's not just a southern thing. It's everywhere that the way to get people to leave you alone is just agree with it. You're a Christian? Yep. They know a lot about religion, 
but they don't know anything about relationship. They know a lot about works, but it's the works that they do, and it's not the work that Jesus done. So ask them a few questions. But either way, so we got on the plane. We didn't sit anywhere near the guy. We got off the plane and, listen, I'm hungry. I like to eat. Josh is hungry. He likes to eat. We were in a layover, so we're going to find us a place to eat. And then, you know, at the airport, it's not like you, you walk into a restaurant and you're alone. You're out in the middle of the of the, the hallway. I don't know. People are going everywhere. That guy tracked us down. He tracked us down to ask us for some prayer. We cared on him enough and loved on him enough and showed interest in the things he had to talk about enough that he came to us. This was, you know, a three-hour flight. He came to us later to ask us for prayer. You know what we did? Right there in the middle of everybody bumping around, we just gathered together and we just prayed for this guy. We just prayed for him. So, so be willing to pray for people. And then share. The purpose of sharing our story with people is to point them to Jesus. So we talk about that my story. I want you to understand there's no really my in it. It's all about Jesus. That's what it is. So it's to point them to Jesus and tell them of the life change we have found through a relationship with Him. We share our story so others can share the same relationship with Jesus. Guys, it's simple. It's simple. Sharing your story is so simple. And we can help you. We can teach you to do that. We do that in the Faith Sharing Workshop. It is so simple. And there's several different ways that you can do it. So first of all, when you care for somebody, and if you've got a little bit of time, and they start asking you a few questions about yourself, you can say, man, I'm glad you asked. I'd love to tell you a little bit about myself. Let me tell you, listen, growing up, I honestly really wasn't a very good kid. I lied a lot. I only thought about myself. I was pretty selfish. I had a lot of hatred and bitterness in my heart. And as I grew up in adulthood and got married and had kids, you know, those things never really changed. I was still a very selfish person. One day my wife asked me to go to church with her. I didn't want to go, but I knew good and well that when she got home, we were just going to fight like cats and dogs. So I made the decision that I was going to go. And when I went... I met a man there, and he told me about Jesus. And he told me how much Jesus loved me and how Jesus didn't want me to have this life of hatred and bitterness and selfishness. And because of what he told me about Jesus, I gave my life to Christ that day. And since then, I'm no longer selfish. I care about other people. I love love other people. I don't have that hatred and bitterness in my heart. And because of that, man, I'm here talking to you. Would you like to know a little bit more about Jesus? It's that simple. It's that simple. And listen, if you don't have a few minutes, again, we provide these My Story tracks, and I'm just here to tell you, every single Christian needs to know how to share the gospel. And I'm going to tell you, every one of you should have one of these, because it's so simple. Now, these things are not to be just laid around. This is a personal invitation to Christ about your life. So if you meet somebody and you don't have but just a a second and they really got to go, you can say, look, I know you're real busy, but I want to give you the story. Listen, this is a story about how Jesus changed my life. And on the back of it, this is the entire Bible on one page. And when you get a chance, I'd love for you to read this. And on the back of it, this has got my email address. Feel free to contact me. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact me. And you can give them that. 
So those are really quick, easy ways if you don't know how to share the gospel. Guys, we're giving you opportunities right there. Now I want to tell you this real quick. I've got two little two little things and, and we're getting real low on time, so I want to make them real quick. But uh, Andrew showed me this video. Man, it was it was a powerful video. It was about this guy, Penn, from Penn & Teller. They're magicians, I think, in Vegas. I, I, honestly, I don't know a whole lot about them. But the guy was very blunt to, to let you know that he was an atheist. He was not a believer. He was very blunt to be able to say that. But basically, what, what the guy ended up saying is he said, one night after he got through with the show, they signed these autographs. And he walked to this guy, and uh, he said the guy was... He didn't tell what the guy said. Um, so I can't tell you if it was gospel or if it was just you know friendly, but he said the guy was so nice and he was so sincere about the stuff that he was saying to him. And the, then the guy gave him a Bible. And inside the Bible, the guy had written some, some personal things in there. The guy had written like five different phone numbers for him to be able to contact him and an email address. But basically, this is what the guy, the, the guy Penn said. He said... If you truly believe, if you truly believe that there's a heaven and a hell, and that because I don't believe that I'm going to spend eternity in hell, that I'm going to die and spend eternity in hell, why wouldn't you tell people? He said, how bad do you hate me that you won't share this with me? He said, now this guy did. But there's so many others that don't. He said, now this is, I mean, this is big. Listen to this. How bad do you hate me that you won't share that with me? Yeah. And this is what he says. He said, I can tell you right now that if I knew without a shadow of a doubt that you were going to get hit by a bus, I knew it. And I told you that, but you didn't do anything about it. And I could see that the bus was coming. He said, I would do everything I could to knock you out of the way to save your life. Now this is an atheist saying he'd save your life if he saw that you were dying. But he's, but he's asking, how bad do you hate me that you won't save my life? That, we, that we're not going to share the gospel. Right? So let me tell you this. This is something else too. And this, this just hit me. I mean, we're talking about sharing the gospel here and there's so many of us that, that we just don't do it. I want to tell you two stories that, man, I, this ought to, again, this ought to fire you up. I want to talk to you about Andrew. We all know that Tracy's sick. She's been sick. She's been battling cancer. And I thank God that uh, things are, are looking in a positive direction. But you know why Andrew was at the hospital? He'd come back to prayer meetings or he would text his prayer meetings. And this is what he'd say. Had a chance to share with so-and-so today. Be praying for their, their battle. Had a chance to share with this person today. Let's be praying for their battle. Andrew's at the hospital watching his wife lay there and suffer. And he realizes that he's got a responsibility to go share the gospel to other people that are in that hospital that may not make it. Why can't you share the gospel? Listen, preacher told the story about, about Walker. Man, that little dude's awesome if you don't know him, by the way. I shouldn't say little, he's taller than me. But he shared the story about Walker the other day. Here we are praying for Walker. And he's got the nurse that comes in and before she leaves the room, what does Walker say? Hey, do you know Jesus? Now he's got every reason to just lay there. 
He deserves for us to just love on Him and Him just, just take it right now. But what did He do? Hey, do you know Jesus? He's willing to share His faith. You know, so many of us were afraid to share the faith because we think we're going to mess it up. We think we're going to mess it up. And I'm just going to be honest with you. You will mess it up. You will mess it up. And that brings us to point number five. Listen, we are equipped and filled for the task. We are equipped and filled for the task. And it tells us in Acts 1.8, it says, But ye, sh- ye shall receive power, and after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Listen, believers are empowered for the mission. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do the same works that Jesus did. The Spirit of God is the one who makes our witnessing powerful and effective. So you will mess it up if you try to do it alone. Guys, we have the Holy Spirit. At the point of salvation, listen, you receive the Holy Spirit, and that's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Every single believer receives the Holy Spirit. When you become a Christian, you get all the Holy Spirit that you're ever going to get. I don't have more than you have. You don't have more than pastor has, and pastor doesn't have more than all of us. We all have the exact same amount of the Holy Spirit. So we're equipped with the Holy Spirit, but then we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? That's not getting a little more. That's not asking to, to, to just give me just a little bit more so I can get through the day. Listen, that's a process. That's a process of giving Him control of our lives by submitting our will to His. And that's just where we say, God, fill me. And that fill me is just control me. And if we'll, we'll start our day out saying, God, fill me. God, control me. God, give me the power. You will mess up the gospel. But He won't. He won't. He gives you the power to be able to do these things. Listen, you just got to be willing to ask Him for it. Now you say, well, Jason, I, I, I do that. I ask Him for it. Well, listen, if you hadn't spoke to him in two weeks and then all of a sudden you're about to go into a business meeting and you say, Phil, me, I need your power, it don't quite work that way. He's not a genie in the bottle that's just going to pop out when it's good for you. This is a relationship that we have with Christ. And for that relationship to happen, you've got to spend some good quality time there. So listen, if you allow the Spirit to control your actions, you'll have boldness to approach people and you'll have the words to say. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this. Um, you, you're controlled by, by one of two things. You're either controlled by the Spirit or you're controlled by the world. There's no in-between. You're either over here controlled by our sinful nature or you're over here being controlled by the world. There's no in-between. So you've got to figure out where you're at. You've got to figure out where you're at with that. I want to leave you with one very important thing. Obviously, we know that we need to be out there sharing the gospel everywhere. And this is only going to happen. This is only going to happen through the power of God, through the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit as a Christian. We just got to allow the Holy Spirit to control us. I have shared this many, many times. I don't get a lot of opportunities up here, but I do get a lot of opportunities to go out and and give devotions throughout the community and, and schools and things like that. And I love to share this because honestly, I don't think most people realize it. I don't think most people know it. And and really, I don't even know if most people believe it. But I want to leave you with this tonight. This is what I want to leave you with. 
do you realize the, the exact same Spirit that lives within you is the exact same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead? That's the power that you have within you. All right, let's pray.